You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over king. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You are listening to House of Cards. I will be your host for the hour, and quite an hour it will be. We have as our first guest Chris Grove, who is the head of OnlinePokerReport.com. He'll be talking to us about the recent PokerStars sales development, as well as what's going on in New Jersey, Nevada, Delaware, California, and Pennsylvania with regard to online poker. And then, for those of you who are thinking of developing your own home poker room, we have a guy who builds poker rooms, poker tables, and ships them out all over the United States. His name is Chip Gray. He's an American-based, Atlanta-based company, the owner of Pro Caliber Poker Table Company. We're eager to have him on to talk about how you, too, can have a wonderful handmade, beautiful poker table in your poker room made in the United States. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. 
with contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own Mob Scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bezid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail. Go to bezid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bezid.com. B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. Bezid.com. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour. Finally, a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. How lucky you are. With Ashley Adams. I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. Who the hell do you think you are? Hi, listeners. Welcome back. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are joined by one of those guys who knows a lot of stuff that a lot of people want to know about. Some some of us pretend to know about it, but we don't. We need to learn it from him. His name is Chris Grove. He is the head of OnlinePokerReport.com. He's an expert on what's happening in the online poker world. So, first of all, Chris, welcome. Are you there? I am. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. Give us uh, a minute or two about your credentials. What makes you so knowledgeable? What makes me so knowledgeable? The willingness to spend a near infinite amount of time uh, reading about online poker and disregarding the other elements of my life as a, <laughs> as a result. I've been involved in the industry for the last 10 years or so in a variety of capacities. I've been a player. Uh, I've been a creator of content. I've been an editor and I've been a marketing affiliate and a consultant to various stakeholders in the industry. So I've done a little bit of everything and as a result, know a lot of people and uh, a bit about most of it. Okay, fair enough. I'm just curious. Where are you based? Where's home for you? Las Vegas, Nevada. The epicenter of the gambling world. How appropriate. Okay, let's get right to it. Uh, Folks have heard about, probably heard about, the sale of PokerStars Full Tilt to another entity. Tell us about that and what it means for the future of online poker. Sure. We're talking about a deal that involves a lot of large numbers. The Rational Group counts 85 million users across its various properties that include PokerStars and Full Tilt Poker. 
The company generated over $1 billion in revenues last year and is being purchased for $4.9 billion, with a B, dollars by Amaya Gaming, which is a publicly traded gaming supplier out of Canada who does a variety of land-based and online business. To say that this deal is transformative is likely an understatement, and to say that it came as a surprise to the overwhelming majority of the industry is also probably something of an understatement. This was something that people did not see coming, and it's something that I believe will eventually come to be one of those bookends of an era for the industry that people will refer to in terms of describing a before this happened and an after this happened. Um, Aside from the large sums of money, why does it matter? It matters because it represents the best chance that we've seen so far of the Rational Group's brands returning to the regulated online gambling market in the United States. And then it also matters because it represents the potential expansion of poker stars in a way that wasn't a priority under the old owners, the Scheinbergs. Amaya is talking about branching out into a number of genres, sports betting, casino, and also social gaming. And these are verticals that Rational may have had a toehold in but hadn't really fully pursued. When you start to think about the size of the Rational user base, the amount of cash that the company throws off, it could certainly be a formidable player in any one of those verticals almost overnight. And it seems like Amaya is planning to move the brands aggressively into all three. Okay, that's very heady stuff. Let me see if I can break it down into some bite-sized pieces that matter to me. And here's my one big question. Um, I loved poker stars. I loved them because, from my experience as an online player and also as somebody in the gambling industry, they were the best. They followed through. They did what they said. They were honest. They sponsored all sorts of events without any immediate gain for themselves. They paid off their depositors. They bailed out full tilts depositors. They were good people whom I got to know personally. I trusted them. I respected them. So I was very disappointed, of course, when New Jersey wouldn't allow them to come into their online gambling world when they legalized it there. And I was eager to see them find a way back in. This was presented, the purchase by Amaya, as a way for them to come back in. But here's my big question. Are they still there? In other words, if PokerStar is bought by Amaya... Maybe PokerStars and all that was good about them doesn't exist anymore. What's the status of the old PokerStars people? I think that's a reasonable concern. I think it's a concern that a lot of PokerStars customers have. And I think it speaks to why the brand was a success, because it managed to build, even though it was a massive company with you know this many millions of users, it managed to build personal relationships with so many of them, which is no mean feat. Why does it stay the same? I think it stays the same for two reasons. First is because the entire operational team save you know, the executives and the owners that are divesting, will be maintained, will be carried over by Amaya. So much of the day-to-day of the company isn't going to change. At least that's how it's being presented. The second reason why I think it doesn't change is because PokerStars is right now the goose that is laying the golden egg from Amaya's point of view. And I think to do anything to mess with the unique recipe for success that PokerStars has developed is something that Amaya will do you know, only after great consideration and for what they believe to be a strong reason. It doesn't make sense for them to tinker too much with the formula. Well, okay, good. But then there's a problem I have because regulators are not stupid. If PokerStars exists within the larger covering of Amaya, then the same strikes against poker stars might be now held against Amaya as far as allowing them in because 
if they bought a golden goose that laid from the perspective of the regulating industry uh, tainted golden eggs, they're still laying the same <laughs> eggs, right? So they won't want like them that. in either. Well, I mean, I hate the conclusion, but I'm wondering if the conclusion is logical. They'll say, well, you swallowed poker stars, so now you're tainted and we don't want you. The conclusion is certainly a reasonable one to reach. The conversation gets a little complicated at this point because each state is going to take its own path on this issue. So let's start with New Jersey. Now, the director of the Division of Gaming Enforcement in New Jersey, David Reebok, was very clear on this issue publicly when they suspended PokerStars' application to participate in regulated online gambling in New Jersey. Reebok specifically pointed to the founder, Eastai Scheinberg, and his pending indictment with the DOJ and basically said in, in that statement and then in subsequent interviews that they would be more than willing to consider a PokerStars where the, those elements that the DGE specifically objected to had divested from the company. All indications are that this deal, if it is as it appears, this deal will satisfy the concerns of New Jersey regulators. So while that conversation isn't closed, it, it does seem as if the conclusion is uh, relatively certain at this oh. point. It looks like a positive one for, for poker stars. All the indications that we're getting from regulators look like positive ones for poker stars. When you move the conversation over to a state like California, when you move the conversation over to a state like Nevada or even a state like Pennsylvania, the, it becomes a different conversation with a different set of, of ground rules. And a lot of the future of that conversation, to be frank, is going to depend on what kind of relationship PokerStars' new owner, Amaya, has with the commercial forces that are backing these bad actor causes in the first place. Because that's what's happening here, really, that the competitive battle is being fought via the proxy of the legislature with these bad actor clauses. If Amaya can forge a better relationship with companies like Caesars than the relationship that PokerStars had with companies like Caesars, then I think that we'll see a softening of those clauses and we'll see the way paved for PokerStars in those states. Fair enough. I think that's a good way of looking at it. I guess time will tell. But we'll be back after a quick break. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize. Tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast. Do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. The ambassador of poker. Join us online at houseofcardsradio.com.
Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And for listeners who just tuned in, we're talking with Chris Grove, head of OnlinePokerReport.com. When are the first benchmarks of how they're doing? What's next to happen with regard to New Jersey and or California and the former poker stars, now the Amaya Group? In New Jersey, we should be looking for the fall. The indications from the DGE are that the talks with Amaya have already started, but obviously the deal with PokerStars has to close. The target closing day for Amaya and Rational is the end of September. So we, we should be looking toward the fall to see the indications of whether or not PokerStars is going to be accepted in New Jersey. California's timeline is, is a little stranger. If Amaya and Caesars can forge a stronger relationship, we might see a softening of the bad actor clause in the current legislation in California. The deadline for that legislation to become law is at the end of August. So we could see something happen in that frame where we could see the bill be punted into the, the next session for California, which would move the issue closer to 2015. Okay. Uh, walk us down the road a little bit. Let's say that, uh, well, actually, give us an overview of how things are going now in the three states that allow intrastate Internet gaming, Nevada, New Jersey, and Delaware. Where are things at there now? Start with Nevada because in many ways it's the simplest. It's poker only. It's a relatively small state. And while the numbers are relatively small, we're talking about an industry that's only generating several hundred thousand dollars a month, in terms of the traffic that the market has generated, it's performed above expectations. And in terms of the proof that it's generating, when you look at the potential for land-based and online convergence, I think that there are a lot of positive things there as well. The WSOP is promoting their online arm heavily at the live event, and I think they're having a good amount of success with that. I think that's that's a nice precedent for that sort of interaction in the future. Delaware is not performing very well, no matter how you slice it. The state is hampered by a few things. Population is obviously an issue, a lack of choice for consumers, since it's basically just one option that they have, even though they have a a few different brands that they can use to get into that one option. And then Delaware also has sort of a unique tax structure, whereby the first, I believe it's $3.75 million in revenue that's generated goes directly to the state. And revenue levels have been so low that basically operators don't have a lot of incentive to pump them up, to invest in marketing and to do other things because they're still at a level where any extra revenue they generated would just go right to the state. They, They wouldn't see any profit. They wouldn't see any return. So that tax structure is inhibiting things a bit in Delaware. And then that brings us to New Jersey, which I think is the most complicated story of of the three states. It's become a very common narrative to say that New Jersey isn't performing well as a market because it's not measuring up to the initial projections that were issued by the Christie administration for the revenue that they expected the industry to generate. But what isn't always told when that story is, is fun is that the Christie projections were based on a Wells Fargo projection for the fifth full year of regulated online gambling in New Jersey. They took that number and they dropped it into the six months remaining in the fiscal year, which is, of course, an impossibly high bar to set. So if you do measure it by that impossibly high bar, then yes, New Jersey's numbers don't look that good. But I don't think that's the right bar to be measuring the industry by. I think you're talking about a nascent industry that faces a number of challenges, identity verification, geolocation, anti-money laundering, a lot of unknowns. And I think the true bar for success in New Jersey is how well is the industry dealing with those challenges? You measure by that bar, and I think the first few months of regulated online gambling in New Jersey have been a resounding success. 
We haven't heard these issues of underage access. We haven't heard any issues of a, a criminal component somehow finding its way into the industry. We haven't heard reports of the geolocation technology being spooked or being exploited. All those are tremendous positives that I think signal to other states that this is an industry that can be regulated. This is an industry that we do have the technology to control. And as a result, this is an industry that other states can feel comfortable legalizing and regulating. Okay, I think that's a very good overview of where things are today. Uh, Listeners, we are talking to Chris Grove, who is the head of OnlinePokerReport.com. Let me move into the future, I hope not too distant future. We have three states now. One is kind of foundering around Delaware, but two decent, actually one quite good, both quite good, Nevada and New Jersey, based on your report. California has been introduced some legislation. Pennsylvania has. What can you tell us about them, and what can you tell us about any other states that may be near to doing what New Jersey, Nevada, and Delaware have done? I think that you hit the short list pretty well. California and Pennsylvania are certainly at the top of most lists. I think if you want to add a couple of states that at least have moved past the initial stages, you could talk about Illinois and New York as well. In California, as I said earlier, the deadline for anything to get done in this session is going to be the end of August. On the positive side, you do have consensus among 13 tribes, 13 powerful tribes that in the past have not been able to get together on unified language. On the negative side, you don't really have a legislative champion for online poker in California. There is opposition from a number of corners, including poker stars, including Sheldon Adelson, including potentially the tracks. And all of those things could easily derail the, the process. So California, in the summary, is closer than it's ever been, but it's not clear if it's close enough yet. Pennsylvania, you could probably characterize in a similar way. A bill was just introduced by Senator Erickson, I believe, to introduce the regulated online gambling of of all forms. You do have some powerful political backing there in the Senate with Senator Tomlinson especially. And it does appear that the state's casinos have reached more or less of a consensus that regulation is a good idea with Las Vegas Sands being the obvious exception. But it's less clear if there's the support in the House and no one's sure what Governor Corbett will do, especially in an election year. So those are the hurdles there. New York and Illinois, I think, are at an earlier stage where lawmakers are testing the water on the issue. But, you know, it it was a process even in the states where it was going to be the easiest to do, New Jersey and Nevada, because of the, the power and unification of the commercial gambling industries there. It even took a while in those states to get these bills through to get them to come to fruition. So it shouldn't be a surprise that the process is one of shifts and starts in other states. All right. Well, one last question. We only have about a minute left. How long, if you were to guess, you don't have to make this a long answer, Chris. If you were to guess (laughs) how long it would be before we return to the day when people all over the world and people in the United States are united in harmony, playing on common Internet poker sites, legally, well-regulated, taxed, happy, smiling. How many years are we talking about? We are talking about probably a decade or less if those player (laughs) pools are segmented, are ring-fenced by particular jurisdictions. If you're talking about the return to a unified, universal player pool that everyone can access, there is a good chance it will not happen in either of our lifetimes. Wow, that's a long time from now. I hope. I hope. It sure is. Well, Chris, you've been a great and very informative guest. I appreciate you coming on. My pleasure is all mine. 
That was Chris Grove, head of OnlinePokerReport.com. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to BZ.com. BZ is your number one online auction source for brand-name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75 85 and 99% off retail. Go to BZ.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to BZ.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, BZ.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Hey, this is Dave Weishat all from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of June 30th, 2014. Well, with the U.S. Supreme Court refusing to hear the case, you would think that New Jersey's bid to have sports betting would be over. Not so fast. State Senator Ray Lesniak introduced legislation repealing the Garden State's ban on sports betting to allow casinos and racetracks to accept bets. Lesniak claims this idea came from the Department of Justice, which, during the trial, stated all New Jersey had to do is repeal the state regulations against sports betting. Stay tuned, this fight is far from over. The era of casinos in Massachusetts may be over even before it starts. Last week, the state's highest court ruled that a question on whether to repeal the casinos would be allowed to appear on November's ballot. Over the past couple months, anti-casino advocates have gained momentum and their numbers have grown. Analysts feel this will be a major issue for the state's governor's race. And finally, by now, everyone knows LeBron James has opted out of his contract with the Miami Heat. So what's that have to do with a gaming report? Apparently a lot. On hearing the news, several sports books have pulled all future odds on which NBA team will win next year's championship. Looks like you'll have to wait to place your bets until LeBron chooses a team. I wonder if you can bet on which team LeBron chooses. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own, the Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is traveling around the region now. Upcoming stops include the Majestic Star Casino in Gary, Indiana, July 26th to August 3rd, and the Tropicana Evansville, Evansville, Indiana, August 16th to the 24th. 
The last event at the Majestic Star generated a prize pool of over $300,000, so don't be left out. Check out their website, MSPTPoker.com, for registration and additional tournament information. The Mid-States Poker Tour. Finally, a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to the House of Cards. It's not fun making the right play and getting the wrong result. But you know what? That's poker. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are joined by Chip Gray, who is the owner of Procaliber, which is a company that makes poker tables right here in the good old U.S. of A. And I wanted to ask Chip a bunch of questions about his tables. Uh, Chip, are you there? I'm here. Terrific. So tell us about Procaliber. Where are you based and what do you do? Obviously, you make poker tables, but what do you do? Uh, We are a gaming table company. Uh, We're located in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, We do focus on customized uh, poker tables. Uh, We build roulette tables, blackjack tables. Uh, for uh, casino event companies and the like. But uh, the core business is Pro Caliber Poker, customized poker tables, and uh, we we sell online direct to consumer. And you actually do all your manufacturing here, or are you an import company? We make everything in the U.S. of A. Um, we are a uh, small shop, but uh, very efficient. And um, we do make everything in the U.S., uh, try to keep the jobs flowing here. And um, That's terrific. You know, I got to yeah. say, I, I have uh, recently built a poker room in my house, before I even knew about you guys. And I looked online for a good six months to try to decide what kind of equipment I wanted. And I'll be honest with you. I looked at the online poker catalogs, and I was looking at, oh, I could get a poker table. Uh, of course, it comes folded up, and I'd have to unfold it, and it's all collapsible, and it's all made overseas. I could get something for just a couple hundred, three hundred dollars. Um, and then I started reading reviews of them, and they all sounded awful from people who ordered them. And I decided to go first rate and have one built for me, and it's the best decision I ever made in the poker world other than learning how to play profitably. Tell us about your tables and what makes them special. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's really important. You know, there, there are a number of uh, poker tables on eBay and other places that you can buy. They're real cheap, and, you know, yeah, they fold, and but they won't last. They're all made in China, and, uh, of course, China makes – Perfectly good stuff, but uh, there's there's just really not anyone who who makes a quality poker table. So that's why we started this company. We wanted to make a quality gaming table still at an affordable price. So uh, you know, just we use nothing but quality materials, um, inch and a quarter of of birch wood, quality speed cloth, casino grade gaming suede. Um, you know, quality vinyls, finished woods. So uh, just, you know, it's really important, that quality. I mean, you know, if if you're playing poker and you're serious about it, you're going to put some wear and tear on these tables. And 
we build for a lot of people that have multi, uh, you know, they have games multiple times a week. So it's got to stand up to that abuse. Do you have different designs? Can I get one with a center pedestal leg or can I get it with folding legs? What are the different variations I can get? Well, and, you know, and that's, that's a great point to bring up now. We, we do have a folding leg that we use. It's actually still pretty popular, you know, because people like to have that, um, you know, option to just fold it down and, and you know, move it. Uh, but we have a very high-quality folding leg. It actually adjusts in height, uh, you know, adjusts the height of the table. So people really enjoy that. Uh, very high-quality leg that doesn't uh, rock or sway like other folding legs. So that is important. But, yeah, we do have casino-style uh, metal bases, and we're currently in between um, manufacturers of our furniture-style leg, but those will be back in very shortly. Do you have any tables, and this may sound absurd to the poker purist, but believe me, it's not because this product is out there, do you have any poker tables that are of a high enough quality that you can convert them into a dining room table? Uh, we we have done a number of those. We currently don't show that on the site uh, for a couple of reasons I won't get into. But, but yeah, they are of that quality, uh, and we have made dining tops. Right now, we just stay so busy, we kind of... We just kind of focus on the poker table, and uh, most of our customers have, you know, dedicated game rooms, man caves, or whatnot, and they don't want it covered up uh, anyway. But uh, that is an option, and and part of some things we're going to be doing in the future. That'll be more of a. We've really streamlined our website, and so that was one of the things I kind of wanted to just leave off as an option for the time being. But all right. Uh, Give us your website, and then I'm going to ask you some questions about how things work. What's your website? Absolutely. Website is ProCaliberPoker.com. Okay. Now, and we had – Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so we had uh, redesigned the site last year, and we created a table builder app. So you can go in, you can design the table that you want. You know, if you want green cloth and a, you know, mahogany racetrack and a – gray armrest, you can go and use our table builder app and put all that together and see what it looks like. You put it together, decide, oh, well, you know, black armrest looks better. You can just, you know, click the button, see what it looks like. So it's, it's very, um, that's, that's one of the, one of the many things that kind of set us apart, uh, that kind of functionality and letting people be able to see what their table is going to look like and kind of build it and play with it. So if I wanted to buy a table for my home game, uh, I would consider two general styles. In fact, I ended up buying two different tables. One is a home game style, eight players playing mixed games of different types, uh, often octagonal, sometimes circular, but relatively small. And then there's the type of table that's like you see in a casino to seat 10 people plus an 11th spot for the dealer with a, you know, a rack of chips and a drop box and all that. Which type do you make or do you make both or many? We, we focus on four products. Some of the, the options are interchangeable, but for the most part, we've seen over the years people like 
four main types. We have the round table. We have a tournament-style table. We call it the tourney table. It's just the oval table, no dealer position, and that's the standard size and then the full size. Standard size is uh, eight-person table at uh, about six and a half feet, and then the full size seats 10 at eight feet. And then we have two different styles of dealer tables. One is the dealer's choice, which has the um, suited speed cloth with the racetrack, and then, of course, any options for the dealer that you would want, different dealer trays, Dropbox. We have shuffle tech shufflers that uh, can be installed. And then the casino-style table, which is the full gaming suede, and we have a number of custom imprints available where people can pick their custom imprint, uh, change colors if they want, and that's just full speed cloth. They can select, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the full gaming suede. Uh, they can select their armrest color, and again, they have all the choices at the dealer position that they would want, the different chip trays, drop boxes, and shufflers. And how large is the dealer's choice, and how large is the casino-style full-size tables? So both of the dealer tables are four-by-eight-foot tables. Uh, so we do custom order nine-foot tables sometimes. Um, you know, that's the standard size in casinos, sometimes larger. But, um, you know, for, for logistics and other reasons, eight-foot, you know, four-by-eight is kind of the, the main uh, use there. Okay. So give us uh, a sense of the cost. I realize you have different equipment, may slightly change the final product, but what are we talking about for your standard eight-person circular six-and-a-half-foot? Uh, those start at around uh, five, uh, 550 I believe, and then the dealer tables start at about 695 And if I wanted all the bells and whistles and – the custom this and the custom that and the racetrack and nine foot or let's say an eight foot table. What's the top end for your best model? Most of the time, uh, those tables are going to run closer to about $2,000. Um, you know, the shufflers alone is. Oh, no, no. I'm not talking about with the shuffler. I mean, that's a totally. Different... Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, without the shuffler, um, about 14, uh, 1500. That's very reasonable. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, and the way I like to think about big purchases, of course, I didn't used to do this before I was a, a working adult, but I like to think about in terms of over the lifespan of a table, how much does that run to uh, a year? So if my table lasts me 20 years, I'm not even paying 100 bucks a year, you know, t less than $10 a month to have something oh, yeah. that is uh, like – in a casino, I think that's great. Absolutely. And you know what's so funny? I, I, I can't tell you how many times we've been told this. There's something about when folks order a new table and they host their first game, it's amazing. They call it, you know, the karma or whatever. And uh, But it's amazing how many people will email us and tell us, you know, that they won, you know, that they had yep. a good night. Absolutely and, true. And so it's, you know, you can make some of that back, you know. I <laughs> well, I'm not going to go to the point of saying 
hey, you know, the table will pay for itself in your improvement in play. But I can tell hey, you. I didn't say that. My, my first five games that I had on my table um, for entertainment purposes only, if you were counting chips as cash, which, of course, we don't ever do because we only play for free. But if you did, I more than paid for my table in my first five games. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So, so tell us again how we can go order one of these great tables. Where do I go? So check out the website, ProCaliberPoker.com. You can click on Custom Tables, and then there you can choose from one of our four products, and then you'll be able to go in and use the Table Builder app and design the table that uh, you've been wanting. I imagine you ship anywhere in the United States? Yeah, we, we do focus on the continental um, U.S., well, we, we've had some go to Hawaii and Alaska. Um, it's just a lot of the times the uh, the cost of shipping overseas can be a little uh, extensive. But, but yeah, we focus on the United States with uh, marketing and everything else. So, Do you take uh, – you obviously take major plastic. Do you take PayPal? Can people pay with their PayPal account? Absolutely. I mean, we, we use PayPal to process all – the uh, all transactions. So, of course, PayPal and then um, everything else that uh, PayPal accepts, which is pretty much everything that I'm aware of. That's terrific. Well, I wish you well. Are you selling uh, shares of stock yet? <laughs> uh, I can tell you right now we will uh, never be public. So you can go ahead and put that in the books. All right, I, I won't hold my breath for the public offering, although, boy, it does sound – I would love to own a piece of a great poker table business like yours. That would be fun. Well, we're doing well, and um, we continue to grow, so we're very excited about the next couple of years. We have some really great people involved uh, behind the scenes uh, just within the past uh, year. So we're definitely looking to, um, you know – Put a little bit more time into those relationships, and uh, we're excited to see what comes of it. Fantastic. We've been talking to Chip Gray, who is the owner of Pro Caliber. They make poker tables. Chip, I've enjoyed talking to you. I hope to have you back on again before too long. Uh, I look forward to it. Thanks so much. Okay. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need.
Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guest strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them. And of course, if they're particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of mailbag. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com dot com slash HOC radio. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour, finally a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Atlantic City. It will change every idea you ever had about winning and losing. Susan Sarandon, she has the ambition. Burt Lancaster has the experience. Alone, they might not make it. Together, they might not survive. Burt Lancaster, Susan Sarandon, Atlantic City. For everyone who's ever needed one more chance. Welcome back to House of Cards. Um, Doug, that sounded like Jack Webb from Dragnet. Do you know who voiced that uh, promo for Atlantic City? You know what? It, that That is one of the cheesiest promos, I thought. I mean, we, we cut out all the weird scenes in it. and But, uh, no, 1980 film. Great, great, great film. I love that film. Yeah, Burt Lancaster. Nothing about gambling in it. Um, no, no. <laughs> but uh, it would be nice to make a movie now about Atlantic City. 
Uh, some of it hasn't changed at all. The uh, yeah. the main drag, the downtown, which is a uh, poster child for why you shouldn't have casinos in your neighborhood. Well, they, they bulldozed a lot of that um, behind where I think Resorts was. Now they have um, uh, outlet, high-end outlets, I guess they call them now. You know, like they have... Uh, you know, Tiffany's, but it's an outlet store. <laughs> just in time for Pennsylvania and Delaware to take all their business away from Yeah, them. yeah. Just in time for Maryland Live to That's <laughs> take right. away That's the right. uh, boardwalk. So what do we have uh, this week? Dave? Well, one of the big stories is the Pennsylvania online, proposed online gaming. Uh, a um, They introduced a bill this week, and a lot of people were commenting on it, and they want to know, what do you think? The Do you think Pennsylvania or California will be the next to get online gaming? Well, knowing absolutely nothing about the state of things internally in either state, but knowing something about Pennsylvania and something about California, I'd well, have to you're say... You're originally from Pennsylvania, right? I was born in Pennsylvania, born in Pennsylvania. and then uh, returned there uh, after I started my career as a community organizer, lived there when I first got married between 1983 and 1988. Um, but what I know about the legislative process in Pennsylvania is that things happen much more quickly than they do in California, which tends to be you know, much larger, more contentious. Not that Pennsylvania hasn't been contentious, but relatively speaking, it's you know a, a small fraction of the size of California. I would guess if there really is legislation and if there are boosters behind it, it could very easily go more quickly in Pennsylvania. Uh, in California, you have such a fracturing of the state. You have the Indian reservations. You have uh, a lot of different interests there. The state is huge. So I would guess Pennsylvania. But who knows? Well, we got a couple questions. We did, we did a news story on the, I think, the one of the biggest casino boondoggles in uh, this nation's history was the Revel, who just Revel. who yeah. just filed for bankruptcy uh, for the second time. And, um, and we, we got a lot of response from that. I just want to give you two people who emailed us. Steve, I hope I'm saying this right, from Lahaska, Pennsylvania. He claims the Revel, quote, the casino project was a mess from the beginning. Floors were undone, and the basic layout of the casino design was terrible. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think I was telling you, if I didn't ask someone where the poker room was in the Revel, I would have never found it. Well, and, I have not been to the Revel. I've listened to your stories. I've read about it. The horror how, stories. How <laughs> tough it is. But I got to tell you, uh, right up there may be Foxwoods. Um Foxwoods Casino is having serious hard times, which yeah. sounds absurd for a huge casino like Foxwoods. But well, from what I understand, they're cutting back on um, workers, and I guess they're cutting back on hours for table games. Am I correct about that one? Well, they've or? closed oh, well, they some closed of the them. casinos. They have, you know, wow. five, seven, and nine casinos within the complex, and they've closed a couple of them, the Rainmaker and one other uh, for all the time during the week, uh, there are large areas that are just roped off and dark during the week. Wow. Poker room is down. Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, deathly, but it's definitely down. Uh, you still get, you know, 70%, 60% of the hundred table room filled on busy weekend nights. But during the week, it's just, uh, shadow of its former self well l let me ask you i mean foxwoods is huge i mean it's just enormous do they fall under the trap of being too ambitious i mean l let me tell you something. the revel 
wanted to be more of a resort. They set themselves out way off north of the boardwalk. I mean, you really had to walk to get there. They bought the beachfront property because they wanted a private beach. So they have all their waiters go out and, you know, help out their customers and things like that. And, and same way with Foxwoods, it's just enormous. I mean, do they get, are they asking for too much from these customers to come and support them like that? Um, I know that the, the major decline happened when Foxwoods invested in MGM. Yeah. And they built that new and huge casino uh, that's a good three-quarters of a mile from the other side of the complex. Uh, and their debt service is enormous. They have not kept up with their debt service. Mm-hmm. They elected to pay their annual dividend to their tribal members rather than pay off the debt that they were obliged legally to pay off. I think there's some hubris there because they feel uh, there's nothing that a creditor can do as far as taking possession of the tribal land. But people that go more frequently than I, and I go fairly frequently, a couple, three times a month, uh, tell me that it's during the week it's just really deserted and that they've cut back a lot on the comps. Uh, the drinks, not that that matters a lot, but they used to serve name liquor, and now it's all uh, bottom shelf, at least in the poker room. Uh, and people are just feeling that it's going down. Um, I can't imagine with all of the revenue that they've brought in that they can't resurrect themselves, but we'll see. We'll now, see. does Foxwoods own any other properties in any other states? Unlike Mohegan Sun, yeah, I don't mean. think – I know that they were bidding for properties in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. did not get them. Okay. Uh, and I don't believe there's a Foxwoods anywhere else. Uh, yeah. They do. They have diversified somewhat to the extent that having uh, uh, golf courses is div- diversifying, a construction company is diversifying. But as far as properties, I don't believe they have any other properties. Yeah, because I know Mohegan Sun owns property in the Poconos and right. also in Atlantic City, and they just signed a deal to start their online poker or online casino there. So I guess they right. have to. Well, the poker room at yeah. uh, Mohegan has been going gangbusters. That's what my sources tell me. <laughs> I have not, uh, since I started playing in a, for entertainment purposes only, home game uh, in my home, I have not ventured forth to Foxwoods nearly as frequently as I had before. Uh, it's just much more convenient to play in my house for entertainment purposes only, of course. <laughs> I love the way you have to say that. I think. Yes. I, I, we're stupid now. Uh, now, I know New York and Massachusetts are, are proposing uh, casinos now. Is, is that the end of Foxwoods? I mean, if, if that happens, does Foxwoods have to really seriously look at their future? I think they're looking at their future now. Yeah. I don't know what New York uh, casinos will do to Foxwoods. I mean, they've survived. I mean, Massachusetts yeah. would be the biggest blow. Yeah. I mean, you well, have... I know Foxwoods uh, advertises with the Yankees. I see on their broadcast, so... But the New York locations are not New York Metro. Foxwoods would still be closer uh, to many areas of New York, or at least as close yeah. as uh, upstate New York, Central New York, northern New York, where the sites are. Yonkers, yeah. for example. Yeah. They're not. One, one on the Hudson now. And yeah, one, but uh, north. Okay. North on the Hudson. So. Yeah, I think near uh, Tarrytown and around there. Oh, okay. That area. That's oh. one proposed site. We'll see. I mean, uh, 
Oh, every town is proposing a site now. It's ridiculous. Not Saratoga. Saratoga rejected. Ironically, yeah, Saratoga yeah. rejected it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I've asked Nolan Dalla, who's, of course, the casino expert that comes on, and others, what is the saturation point? I mean, you can't just keep draining the economy. And let's face it, gambling is a drain on the economy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't just do that forever. There's a finite number of dollars out there. Um, well, I, I can't the, believe uh, law of diminishing long. returns, right? Right. right. <laughs> so you it. wonder. You wonder. Um, I'm all for the, you know, the development in Massachusetts, but I have no high hopes that this is going to somehow resurrect uh, Springfield, uh, which is where one of them's definitely going now. So we'll see. Anyway, happy um, happy July Fourth weekend. Yes, it's coming up fairly yeah. soon, and I'll be out in Las Vegas uh, for Absolutely. the World Series, yeah. and I'll yeah. be happy to report back. Until then. Listeners, uh, have a good day and have good luck. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.